Hello and welcome to the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to say I have Decky here from uh, Excycle Fly and Mako. How are you, Deck? How's the form? Welcome. How's life treating you? Very good. Yeah. No complaints at all. <laughs> I heard you're um, after leaving East Cork and you're down Kerry. That's right, yeah. I've been uh, living up by Moll's Gap, so disappeared into the mountains. <laughs> and are you doing any kind of music down there? Well, we don't. I, I do a lot of... Uh, I, uh, yeah, writing new material for the next Mako record. Cool. Basically. Um, just in relation to kind of East Cork and stuff like that, do you still gig there? Um, yeah, well, but I mean, we're starting to get into it now again. Like, really, I mean, and there was a bit of a, there was a bit of a, a quiet period there while we were getting the timeless album done, the Mako DC one, and uh, different things happened. Like, so basically, what it is it is myself and Christian had still been writing all along, but we were kind of getting money together to get mixes done and all that. But finally, we're free. And off again <laughs> cool and um are you rehearsing in middleton uh, we rehearse every week uh, usually on a saturday or sunday in it was in lisgool for a while and then Cloyne, where we where wrote a lot of the first album but um we're we're every week we make sure we do one day like we have a gig coming up soon now and the, i think it's the 14th in bella malu for oh, um, very nice for a it, it's the for charity and um the s- the rehearsal space then mm. is it in one of the lads that in Kieran's it is well it, 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 Kieran's Kieran's place we were using for a while but he he had to move out and he was there for years and it was perfect uh, it was a real den but basically what we've done now is we've we were in Cloyne and the little place the gate lodge I have but then now we're in over in John McGrath's kindly let us have his his, his resource well, um, James's brother John. Yeah, John lovely guy actually so he's really nice so he's got a nice rehearsal space out the back of his place all set up and everything so that's where we come every every week is he still playing the drums he is yeah yeah. is he with a band or anything? I'm not sure at the moment no, no I haven't the last time I met him was when we were yeah, uh, a few weeks ago when I was out in Chicago but before that and we were in um, the gig we played at Christmas time that okay. was the last time I met him that night so kind of um, going back to your youth and stuff yeah. like that um, how did you get into the music? we just obsessed since I was um, the minute I heard Queen Don't Stop Me Now I became obsessed with music that, that was the kind of the beginning and after that, it was it was just Black Sabbath and basically loads of old music, and it was a uh, like there was grunge was it was exploding. So basically, I was completely into grunge, like Alice in Chains and thinking all all of that. All and of how were you getting pumpkins and all? How were you getting access to the likes of Black Sabbath and stuff like that? Was there a local record shop? Uh, yeah, we 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 were constantly up and down to Cork buying every week. Every time we had money, we were just you know <laughs> this is LPs vinyl. Yeah, vinyl all the time. Like you know, I, I mean, I, it was just stacks of it. So basically, it was um, it was a complete obsession. I kind of always wanted it, you know. So basically, and then yeah. you started um, kind of playing with a few local lads. Or we did. What happened was I I was in um, I started working at carpentry, and um, I went to London uh, when I was seventeen. I worked over there on building sites and stuff like that, and then came and started learning a trade. I came back to Ireland then, and um, started um, met up with. Some of the lads had gone to school and we went to Euro Disney and we were working over there. And then basically, I, when I was back on holidays, once I met these French guys and the, uh, from uh, the, the guys that were in Cyclefly, Nono, Jamie and Christian. 
And, and they asked me, would I, their band had split up to 17 or something. They asked, they'd seen me singing in a pub and asked, would I join with them? And how did they, were they in uh, Middleton? Yeah, they, they, Middleton? They, they, they emigrated from Antibes in France to Middleton. Like, you know, Jesus. So, so how did that happen? <laughs> I know, and I'd met them in Cork, like we used to go on the, on our, the, we used to hang out in Cork a lot at the time, going to pubs where there was cheap beer and things like that. So they were, um, they, so I, I gave up the job in France then and just, just gave up everything and started music. Uh, you were in Euro Disney. Yeah. What were you doing in Euro Disney? I was do all different types of things. I started off as a special effects painter, then I was doing um, carpentry. When the carpentry dried up, I was welding. I kind of did everything. So <laughs> this is while it was being built. Yeah, at the end of at the end of the you know the period of the building there. Like Jesus. So it was you, you'd wonder about kind of crazy jobs. Oh yeah. I went. I moved to Holland and yeah. <laughs> I was actually polishing gingers. <laughs> Jesus. Not actually ginger people. I know, yeah. I was just um, going to say. It was for a kind of a, a kind of a massive fruit factory. And, um, you know, you kind of moved to Holland, kind of wanting to get a few bob and stuff like that. But that was my job, polishing yeah. gingers. Oh, Jesus, it's mad, isn't it? Like, yeah, <laughs> kind of lasted three months. But and then you just gave up the goat. I be about yeah. gingers. <laughs> but um, so then you met them and uh, did you... You change or did you change the name then to Dogabone? We were do- we started as Dogabone. We just, I mean, we weren't doing anything else. We were just musicians then with no money or fucking anything. I remember fishing for mackerel and fucking basically earning feck all in the dole. Like, but it was a, it was, we were just rehearsing all the time. Right? Okay, so, so we what, were dog- what kind of venues were you kind of looking at to get in we started. We started in the lads at a place in Rostellan and we used to rehearse there. So basically we... We started the minute we got a, a set together. We started playing the meeting place, faking okay. Cork. I mean, everywhere we could play. I mean, we were up and down the country for two years, like you know. yeah, kind of using your own kind of promotion That's flyers it. and posters flyers, and stuff. Yeah, okay. and EPs that we an EP we did ourselves and basically in Cork um, at the time. Dennis Hurley, I think, was up there, and we recorded with him. And we started doing it that way for two years, but basically it was there was a good music scene in Ireland at the time, but it, it was hard as yeah. a rock band. Yeah. I mean, you used to have to pay to play in some places in Dublin, all this kind of stuff. So I mean, we were two and a half years, and we decided, "Fuck this, we're going to England." After that, like okay, you know, um, back uh, friends of mine were in a band called Emperor of Ice Cream. Did I remember them well. Yeah, remember brilliant. them? <laughs> yeah. So kind yeah. of, I used to hang around with all them, and yeah. they found it very difficult again. Yeah. Um, I mean the recording studios for them yeah. there was probably only wait, maybe one or two I think there was one out by the Mardike there was one and they would, then Dennis Hurley hit another one so there was only I mean that was basically it and you had to pay a lot you yeah. know what I mean to record for a day it was like fucking hell now you can do it for nothing like so you released then the EP was it uh, Dogabone that was 95 that's it yeah that was our f- we did that our s- with Dennis I think first and then we were we had a manager at the time Laura Williams in Dublin and she had started getting us on TV you know the some TV stuff and radio stuff and then the hot press but I mean nothing was really happening how did you meet her we met her through Martin Buckley actually from Castle Martyr. he he set us uh, up with her because he started helping us out and then um, after that we decided looking and then Martin again con- contacted some guys he knew in Ireland uh, or in England Roy and Roger our next managers and they came over to see us okay. with record labels Right. After okay. hearing the demo, okay. or the, the that, and then basically within that's when it all started. We decided we were offered deals straight away. Oh. We'd been we were going. We've been here for x amount of time. Nothing was happening because I mean myself and John we were fairly 
full on like we actually walked the streets of Dublin knocking on record label doors and I mean we really wanted this at the time Jesus. it was like full on like, like what kind uh, of bands were Irish uh, bands on the scene then that you were kind of we could say kind of like your competition uh, you I, well I suppose I, we were a little bit different than most because we were listening to a lot of grunge and things like that I suppose um, so I don't know I suppose at the time the frames we used to play with okay. I mean that, that that would be type of the Empress of Ice Cream we were around at the time there was like fucking was Power of Dreams Power of Dreams all of this Therapy uh, Therapy totally Therapy would have been more heavy than we were but that would be kind of the same type yes, of genre and that was like the scene I remember that those yeah. bands coming to I mean there was a vibrant scene in Ireland back then like really really good like, there was yeah, yeah but there was kind of no money no money oh, absolutely none like our van was barely smoke <laughs> flying out of it so you decided then to move to London we moved to London and we, we commuted back and forth so what we did is we went over Beggars Bank would offer us the record deal. They came over here. Uh, we we liked them because they had a cult at the time and all this. And so basically, we went. Had you changed the name at that stage? No, okay. it was still Dogabone. And basically, what we did, we wanted an American deal because all the bands we loved were from there. Right. So we set up. Uh, we went to England and started playing gigs for labels. Right. And we were offered. Um, we were offered, you know, deals from different com- companies, but basically. I think it was the 12 bar club we played an acoustic gig and uh, Radioactive came to us Veronica at the time and they offered us a deal there and there was a sub- subsidiary of MCA so we actually wanted to go with them okay. basically because they, I mean they had live at the time and and, and, and lots of other so you were looking at the, the bands kind of rec- Re- the, the bands or? and the area where it was we wanted to record in, in, in Los Angeles we wanted to go out there so it seemed like the choice and the deal was bigger as well more money and stuff like that what was the deal can you remember I think I think it was about one hundred and fifty thousand or something like that to record the first album. Uh, yeah, well, the deal was that for the record, um, but then basically we went to we went out there to Sound City to okay. where Nirvana done never and mind. I mean, we kind of yeah. it was good. We, we we loved all these bands and we just wanted to go to places. So we went there to Sound City and Sylvia Massey had done Tool and the Chili Pepper. So we got her to produce our first album. Um, and yeah. how did you meet her? It was it ju- again through sending demos? We, is it? Or we what? contacted her after we signed with Radioactive. Then we changed our name. Um, and uh, basically what we did is we just looking for a producer for, for the album. So it was her. Like basically it was Kieran wanted her. So we... We listened to a lot of um, different producers, but then contacted her and basically t- through the label, like, and then she flew to Ireland, and we basically done all of the pre-production in Cork. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So basically, and was she with, under her stewardship? Like, yes, okay. with her. Well, we had all the songs written. Like, we probably had about since so we were touring for in Ireland for two years. So we had tons of songs. So basically, what she does is really break. As a musician, you don't know what's good or bad, so she okay, started yeah. choosing. Right, choosing between oh, lots of I don't know how many fifty songs down to what we put on the album. Then, like, and yeah. kind of age perspective, how old was she compared to you? She, I I don't know. She's probably ten years old. Probably something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. interesting that it was a kind of a woman that kind of because um, yeah. like they're not really prominent in the record industry from, from a her. producer yeah, side, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Her. But she's done so much. Like, and it was the song. I mean, the Tool album. The lads loved and I did as well and then definitely the Chili Pepper stuff she worked on so kind of and the, the whole draw of going to Sound City like yeah <laughs> so you recorded most of it in Cork then brought it over to mix well, it we in, done all in the America, demos. we done all the demos okay. basically in Cork and then what we did was we flew over there to her we had a, we had everything prepared with her from here and then we done a I think it was it was a few weeks 
I don't know, was it a month? Maybe a month. Uh, I don't even know if it was that in Sound City. But Sound City had a different way of recording than, than it is today. Like, there's no chopping or anything like that. It was a, it's a live... I mean, our first album, Generation Steps, is a live recording more than okay. anything else. They Were they still using tape at that stage? It no? was two tape. It's all okay. done on tape. There was no drum machines or anything yeah. like that. So basically what, what we had to do was they sat us in the room, s- set us up, drums live, the whole band live, and we went for it. Like and That cool. was basically it. And then what they did done was then... I was singing along live with the band and then afterwards I'd done the vocals. Okay. And then they would do any bits, the extra guitars, but it was, I mean, that's how they used to do it. They'd keep making you play until they got a performance. Yeah. And where were you way. staying at that stage? Have any memories? Van Nuys. I think it was at the time we were oh. staying in a, an apartment, which we fucking <laughs> trashed, I think. Well, that's rock and roll, man. It was pure rock and roll then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was your original kind of I suppose views of um, of where you are, um, like you were actually living the dream at that stage. Yeah. Um, how hard was it to stay so much? <laughs> we sober? weren't. We went mad. You, like, you went mad. Yeah. yeah. But we, I mean, we were so focused on music anyway as well. Okay. It wasn't interfering with music. But we, first of all, we went to, to Los Angeles. We didn't know. We didn't really like it because we it was just such a shock from here. Yeah. But then after we, I mean, we really grew into it and really started liking it as well because it was a real music. At the time, it was full of music and there was lots of, you know, we were playing in the whiskey and all these bars that we'd heard of and going to the rainbow and all this kind of stuff. And so then like, you were actually getting to know people then de- at that, that stage. Was, it. We were was it to know kind of other people in bands or yeah, was it just... Lots of people in bands and okay. things like that. So it was it was good. It was a good music scene. And who, was, who kind of stood out at the time that you kind of met, kind of went and were blown away, but kind of going, Jesus. I know when we walked into the studio, Bruce Dickinson was there. So it was like, fake. There you go. That's, that's a nice start. <laughs> cool. So they were all in... I mean, you're, you're meeting all of them, really. Like, you know, so it, it was... It was it was cool. So the singles then were uh, Violent High. Um, what about, like, you did a video for that? or Violet High. We, we did Violet High and we done two live shoots for the for those videos on the same day. Um, I think it was Violet High and um, what was the other one? Uh, Plastic Hold of Men, I think. And then basically what it was, was they, they just shot us. It was done in one day, the record label. It wasn't a long video shoot. They done okay. two things in one day. So it was kind of just that. Like, yeah. And then we started. And it was England. Our, our deal was in England as well. It was Universal in England and Radioactive in, in, the, America. in America. Yeah. So basically, it was our, our two territories were really England and, and America. Like, so did you get a tour manager then? And did you start the US well, tour the, or what happened? The How two, the two boys were, still, were managing us, Roy and Roger. So they brought us, after the album was finished, we went back to England and started touring. I mean, we were in England for years, like, you know, and then back to the States, England, States. But the record company dissolved on our first album. Which Uh, was... Radio, radio. uh, radio out with MCA, and MCA took us for the second album, but basically it was, I mean, at the time... I mean, no, it is. There's hardly no record labels left, but there was a lot of them. Them loads of subsidiaries. Yeah, there and was, stuff yeah. Like that, like, you know. So, e, am I correct in saying then, did you play Reading that year? We played Reading and Leeds. And uh, Leeds as well. Oh, yeah, Leeds, of course. So that's no longer there. That's it? no longer. And we went, to, I think, the Vans Warp Tour and, and some other ones, and, and Woodstock as well in the States. Like, did you play Woodstock? Yeah, we did. So Jesus. We've we done a lot of touring over there. But I, I mean, you, like, you certainly were landing on the right bills and stuff. Oh, totally. It was like, I think. The first is Splitter Van, first of all, when we got there, we drove, I mean, all around America. And Who was t- doing the driving? We had a, a roadie from France, and then basically everyone arguing because we got so hot in Paris. So we started, you'd start in New York or something, and then drive all the way around. 
the coast of America, in through America, and all the way up to Canada and back down again. It's thousands of miles. I'll never forget it. Like, and then trying to stay sane and not kill each other. Like, but it was, it was, yeah, it was cool. see, this is it. Like, isn't it? That's the problem yeah. if you're kind of confined. Oh, totally. In, in the thing. Uh, I was watching recently on uh, on a YouTube, this Skindred documentary, and basically they were on about doing the same thing. And I could feel their pain, like, <laughs> just driving around. In a van, and one guy wants to turn the air conditioning on and the other off. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like, kind of after that album, would you say it? Did you think it kind of it, it kind of was successful? Well, it was. It was beginning to be successful. It but opened then they, doors. It started well. opening doors. It, it, it was got really good reviews and was doing well. And then, but the record label dissolved. Yeah. So we were. And what about songwriting then for the second? The second, we what, des- we, we we decided. When that when the record label dissolved, we decided to go straight into the second album, which we probably should have kept touring the first one, but we went straight into the second writing, and we 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 went out to Inch in Cork, and basically there was way out in the head of Inch. There's okay. this part right. that where you, I think it was it used to be Lighthouse Part or something like that. We went out there and we we rented that out, and we stayed there for months writing, like okay. as a group, like as a group, yeah, yeah that was it. But then after th- that worked on some of the songs, it didn't on some of the others. So then I, I would go to, to Nono sometimes, but mainly Kiron. And myself and Kiron would write together. Okay. And like he'd do music, I'd come do vocals. And then we, we, we basically did, uh, we wrote, I mean, lots of stuff for the se- second album. Tons again. Like, you know. What was um, the energy levels like after getting yeah. doing all that tours and then coming back to Ireland? Was oh, it was recharge? Good. Yeah, yeah the, the energy levels were higher very pro- prolific at writing you know okay. we, we wrote a lot and what about the perception back in Ireland back at home for yeah. your success it was good I mean it's it still it, it was good so we we, we did we, we anytime we played here it went really well because we, we used to play in Cork a lot like basically which, which was always great like not so much Dublin but mainly Cork like, yeah uh, Dublin has a different scene really it's a totally it? different scene Completely, from what I could yeah. see then like I mean, and, and I, don't, I mean maybe it's different now but then rock isn't really accepted in, in for some reason in Dublin. I don't know. I'll At the time. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of more indie. Indie or and something kind of like dance. that. Dance yeah. and stuff like that. Like. So then, so we'll say, had you the demos ready then for Crave and did you, yeah. and where did you record that again? Or did you, did, Sylvia wasn't involved this time? No, no? what we did is, it, it, I mean, the, everyone was debating it, but the lads wanted Colin Richardson basically to record a second album. Was he something through Radiohead, no? No, he had done a lot of extreme stuff now. Like, it was a a machine head and things like that. Oh, right. Yeah, he'd done a lot. But basically, so the lads were into that. So basically, what we did is is he came over and uh, we had a few different producer ideas. But in the end, Colin took it and we went to England to to record it, which took a few months, actually. We were in the studio for a long time. What part? We went to. Westland, I can't remember what it was called actually, but it was in the middle of the countryside, this massive old mansion like studio where the cure had recorded. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. so and this was um, outside London, probably. Is uh, it? Way outside in the sticks, like we basically, it was a typical fake and farmhouse. Think Kieran said he went to the door one day and there was a knock on the door, and it was he thought it was the bin man or it was Roger Daltrey at the door. Look at Jesus, it. <laughs> it was like fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they know it was a, a nice studio, but we spent a lot of time on the second album, like so basically. And locked up in there. Locked up in there for months, like you know. So basically, it is. And was there kind of um, yeah. 
is, I suppose it's kind of frustrating. Kind yeah. of, you're kind of afraid that other stuff is passing you by. That's basically what it is as well. Because you're watching bands releasing stuff at the time. That's I mean, it. And we were, t- I mean, it's the second album on a major label, basically, because it was MCA at the time then. So I mean, the pressure was on. So we just decided. We had so many songs we didn't know if we were choosing the right ones, but then at the end we 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 basically we got through it and uh, chose a mixer. But like the mixer we wanted wasn't the mixer we got. So basically, what happened then was we recorded, we finished it, and MCA said they you know that they didn't they wanted a stronger single. So basically, what we what we did then is we came back to Ireland and. Uh, Kiran came up with no stress. Jesus. So basically, what a single, yeah. yeah. So basically, I was calling down. And he said, "Listen to this." And it was it was great. So what we did is I sat down and done vocals and lyrics and stuff like that. And then basically we 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 finished that. And then they said, "Okay, let's get another producer in." So we got different producers to come in to do time. just for that single for that alone song and drive. He done it okay. was, it, and they redone Crave as well. The track Crave, okay, from the original. So they and new mixers as well. So they it was Bill Appleby, um, who's works on the voice now in in America, but he done loads of stuff to be honest. And then Toby Miller from um, that the Wallflowers. He was the you know basically. All oh, right, the Wallflowers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Th- that was Bob, Bob Dylan's, Dylan's son. son. So yeah. he, they came over here to Ireland and and we they went went through all the stuff here with us like so it was cool. So talk about uh, the video for No Stress. Yeah. How did that come about? It came. We were looking for. For video, it was cheaper. To, the producers were cheaper in Canada, so we looked at some reels. And this guy Harv, who made the video, we saw his reel, which is incredible. So basically, he, we chose them, which was way less than an American guy. And they flew over to Cork, so the whole thing is shot in Cork. It, like, it yeah, was cotton. Uh, oh, oh, like when the woman is dragging the teddy bear along the dirty street, that's actually you know where all the brassos used to hang out in the street, Cork. That's <laughs> <laughs> bad. Um, it's funny. That we lost Keith um, yeah. Flint there of the prodigy, Terrible, yeah. um, but the video of No Stress. I mean, yeah. talking about a great impersonation of uh, Keith in Firestar. Bad. <laughs> he was a legend, wasn't he? Fake, you know? Yeah. When I first saw Firestarter, I was like, "What?" I mean, it, you know, right. if you don't mind me saying, it does remind me yeah. your body movements and <laughs> stuff like that, and singing face into the camera. It's a compliment, anyway. Like, yeah, yeah, it is, but I mean. <laughs> You know, it's it's just ironic, kind of, just I was doing a bit of research for this um, before you came, and I came across that video, No Stress, and I just went, wow, that's a nice one to see since Keith um, passed away, you know? Yeah. So, um, Karma Killer then, was that the second single, or was that a single? That was that, that, that was going to be a second single, but basically what we did, and we actually got it remixed by um, Bill, remixed it, but... Um, it, it never came about in the end. It just, I mean, the band dissolved, really. Like, you know, but basically, we, I suppose we'd been touring for a while. On the second album, we toured it a lot as well. Like, you know, yeah. so basically. And then but going back to that, I mean, um, obviously Chester yeah. is involved in it. Yeah. So they released the Hybrid Theory um, yeah. in 2000, was it? It's 2000, but we we first met Chester in, in where was that? It, it, um, it was, I, I first, it was Samantha first, his, his wife at the time. They were, and just they were really into cycle fly so basically she contacted me through email and basically I started chatting to her and then when we went out to do the mixes on Crave we um we met them in in uh we'd been in contact before that but then we met them in um in uh not the mixes actually it was before that it was we'd met them when we were out there playing okay. on one of the tours I think we were playing in 
in the Maya theater over there with live and they came to see us and that's when we first met them so it, it would have been that actually that was when was the, whenever before hybrid theory came out anyway whenever so it was probably 99 2000. 99 2000 yeah. that's when we met them first so basically we uh we just instantly got on with chester like i mean at the time we'd been in um they were looking for a deal, Lincoln Park, and they came to Radioactive. Like, you know, basically, we were with Radioactive at the time. So we started chatting to him. And then Chester came to one of the gigs we were playing in um, in L.A. And we just had a great night and went to parties and things like that. And then it was like, it, it was shortly after that they, they signed. And then basically Hybrid Theory came out the year. So it must have been 1998 or 1999, okay. yeah. something. Like it was before they were signed and stuff. But then they exploded, like, the next time we went out there. When, when we were mixing our second um, yes. uh, <coughs> we went out and met them then yeah and I, guess, I mean sang on it then like they, they, they definitely kind of had powerful videos as well oh, yeah I mean, brilliant I mean his voice is incredible like, like but again kind of with the pressures of uh, Crave and what was going on there I mean there was a lot about I mean probably Bush was yeah, there as well yeah we there toured a lot with them as well and they were Gavin was brilliant and that's how we met um, a keyboard player at at the time, Sasha, who's Sasha Putnam, David Putnam, so he's and Kieran's been friends with him ever since. Uh, but he did, we hooked up with the, them a lot, a lot as well. And I mean, it was it was great actually, because uh, we loved, I actually loved Bush at the time. Uh, yeah, thought his lyrics were fantastic and a nice guy as well. Really nice. Uh, yeah. Of course, yeah, being English, they yeah. were they were kind of I suppose like E as well yeah. out in America, kind of being That's pushed it. hard. And they were huge out there, like, you know. And yeah, you'd wonder, you, wouldn't you? I mean, you wouldn't, wouldn't be hearing about them here at the time as much, but there they were massive. You know, that song "Come Down" was all over MTV at the time. It's yeah, like, uh, was um Lollapalooza and stuff like that on as well? Had you any ideas of kind of what kind of bills did you want to get in? Well, America? that would have been great of Jane's Addiction. Kind were kind of it, at the time in and out. Of, they'd stopped and they were. Still, yeah. you know, I think one Perry of my favourite all time bands. I met him uh, Perry Farrell at the fi- at, what? Uh, at I was delighted like because he's my idol as well. Like I mean, I'm singing because of him as well as David okay. Bowie. Like you know, cool. Yeah, so he's. He was great. How you did know. you meet him? At uh, he Woodstock. He was playing at Woodstock as one of his alter ego. He was a DJ. He's got what it Oh, yeah. Uh, Porno for Pyros yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah. Well, then he was a he, he, Porno for Pyros and he, he had a DJ set as well. Okay. Like, uh, Porno for Pyros were great as well. Like. Yeah. And, I mean, and you just walked up to him? I did, yeah. Did you pray? I had a guy bring me because he was upstairs. So I was like, I had to meet him like, because he's like a bit of a legend. <laughs> um, um, I just watched him recently and the, uh, they've done an acoustic track for... Um, I think Duff was playing guitar on it as well, on uh, the Guitar Center in the States. And uh, Jane says it's brilliant. Oh, Jane said it's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just out and it was great. And how did he come across to you? What? How did he come across to you? Who? Perry. Uh, oh, he's really cool, like gentle and nice guy, like, you know, but he's brilliant. Yeah, so I mean, uh, after that, then you uh, landed the Ozfest. Yeah. And, and was, I think it was d- d- before was it Donington before, but then yeah, the Ozfest. We d- we on the second album we started you know getting lots of stuff on the second album, and lots of the video got lots of play on VH1 and MTV and all that. But what we did is the Ozfest, which we wanted to do, we, we played that with, with Kerrang. Yeah. Know, so that was it. Um, um, how were tensions in the band then? Were you still all getting on? Or we, we were getting on, but things were. I you know it was it, it, it was a lot of pressure and stuff like that. So I started getting it got freed eventually like it yeah basically i mean as well as that yeah. probably kind of what was the social side of things must have been crazy for you crazy yeah yeah definitely like, for, for me especially <laughs> so he's just of course the front yeah no going tend out to be that you know, way you know, 
the lads weren't as mental on the drink I was. <laughs> and we, yeah, that's a good actually yeah. uh, point. Like kind of even socializing in, we'll say, wherever you are in Los Angeles or wherever yeah. like that. Were you as still a tight gang, or were you, were maybe you were going out, or your brother? Yeah. What way was that? Was that like? Was there kind of? Yeah, well, it started. It, it started. It, it was different, definitely, on the first album. Everything. It was a real tight unit. It started yeah. falling apart a little bit on the second album. Like and socially wise, that was the yeah, case as well. Yeah. So basically, it was. Uh, but I mean, it was. I suppose a lot, a lot of pressure and stuff like that. Uh, in what way was it? Just like was it yeah. the record label putting pressure on you I to get well, sales? I suppose the whole, the whole thing is that uh, you're thinking more of a product rather than rather than. It was music. getting that way. Yeah, we don't really know. I suppose, but. Things happen, but you know, but you never stop playing. That's basically it. Like yeah, the, I mean, a lot of people say that the the yeah. best place to be is on the stage. Yeah, it's just a kind of a countdown to it's get onto the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're spending the rest of the day just waiting for that time. That's it. Yeah. To pass, yeah. like. Yeah, definitely. The, I mean, the, the best part is live performing. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt about that. Like. And what about kind of? Um, We'll say record sales, money. Were you seeing any of that? Were you seeing any profits well, we from did, merchandising? And oh, yeah, yes and no, not really. There was so much to recoup, I suppose, because we were given a lot of money. Like so, basically, there was a. I mean, record people don't understand that you make, you get a lot, but there's a lot to pay back. You know. Yeah, it's like banks in the know, with, with worst interest rates. Way worse interest yeah. rates than banks. Oh, like, like, so you think if you see if you see you get. 500 grand or even a million quid I mean you're not really getting that like you're paying it back at high interest and you've got to give all of it back like you know yeah they chase it down yeah yeah so that's basically so kind of yeah. like was there t occasions there we'll say when you kind of went into your bank account yeah. and went fuck I don't yeah. well at the time not really because the only thing I was interested in was music yeah, I didn't really care about anything else. Then I didn't even watch my bank account. I just yeah. spent. Like, well, kind of again as a front man, I suppose yeah. you were getting in access to yeah. to yeah. parties and everything. You weren't paying, yeah. were you? That's or? basically. I suppose we were in a way. It was all about music, really. But um, I know, yeah, you would be partying a bit hard. I, I actually, on the second album, I was becoming. That was the beginning of my fitness phase as well. So, I mean, I was doing yoga every single day and meditating oh. all the time. So Excellent. I was trying to, from the generation sap thing, which was mental, I was trying to become a clean living. Like. And how hard was that, actually, to hide um, uh, from your parents and uh, loved ones back in Ireland? I'm sure they yeah. were worried about you. Yeah, yeah. Like, were you coming back and were you kind of going, Jesus, like, you're after losing so much weight? Or, no. or, or you know, how yeah. did that work in, from They're the family the, side of things? It, it was fine because we were fairly resilient like you know we were young and think if you if you're you're playing a lot uh you're you can party as well but you're playing a lot you're really fit i mean super fit when you're doing that kind of stuff like you know okay unless i don't think you're really damaging yourself unless you're doing extreme drugs or basically yeah. when you're drinking beer and even spirit it's if you're it's like you're training every single night okay you know what i mean that's that's what it was like so it wasn't a thing mentally it would affect you i suppose if you but i mean in 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 the, in the grand of course it would yeah, yeah I mean it's, 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 it's probably few, taxing it, it, it would be taxing yeah. on that but because you're um, like Cycle Fly was a really high energy show you know what I mean as well so it was not standing still you're going mental mm. like for an hour an hour and a half like every single night yeah and so, again you know we'll say friendships within yeah. within a band structure and then a brother yeah um how was that working kind of towards the end were you more yeah. Were you glad that Karen was there for you? Or yeah, yeah. In the end, uh, yes, it definitely. Like, like the minute Cyclefly split up, we started another band. Like, you know, yeah, straight away. So basically, it was. It, I, I mean, all of us. We we were 
toys, but basically then they were just people start moving on with stuff like things just it's kind a of natural occurrence it's a natural yeah. occurrence yeah. like you know you get older and basically people you know with their lives um when was five years uh wrote or not wrote uh, recorded sorry we recorded that in Eng- we were in i think it was probably 2000 i can't remember but we did a. Uh, that's a brilliant cover uh, I, I, I mean and he's, absolutely he's one of fantastic. my total idols like i mean when no, i heard you did him justice uh, hunky dory thank you <laughs> when i did hunky dory when i heard that it, that was an album that changed my life. Like, yeah, you know, definitely. Like, more than anything else. That was like, yeah. that's kind of what made you want to then be a frontman. Definitely. Well, the first song was Queen. Don't stop me, you know. And then okay, it was into yeah. Queen, but basically, it, and then, but it was when I heard that album, the Bowie album, I thought it was poetry. Like, yeah. Um, you said other influences there, Perry Farrell. Um, yeah. What else? It would be mind? definitely Bowie, Perry Farrell. Um, oh, definitely Freddie Mercury. Um, Oh, oh, just so many of them. Yeah. Like, I mean, Jesus. I mean, I, I love Smashing Pumpkins as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, really they were re- they were still going at that yeah, stage, weren't they? Had it was Melancholy around yeah, that, that time? Yeah, that was Melancholy came out then, actually. Yeah, it was a strange album, wasn't it? It was, because after Siamese Dream, I, was, I loved Siamese Dream, yeah. but then Melancholy was like, okay, they, I think they remember Guns N' Roses said it as well. It was like they put too much into too it. Too much. <laughs> That's basically Jesus it. So yeah. then, uh, your last gig then with the lads, I think, was 2004. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, any memory of that? Was it kind of just a relief that it was over? Yeah, yeah but it was, I think, yeah, it basically was, I can't even remember that gig, but basically we were, it was it, it probably, yeah, I suppose you didn't want it to be over. In other ways, no. you kind of did, like, I don't yeah. know. But it wasn't, music was never over. It was kind of, Yeah. we didn't know what we were I mean, yeah, we didn't know what we were kind of at, I suppose. We probably should have kept, kept Cycle Fly name and kept going that way. But I mean, the way things were at the time, we just started up something else. You know? Yeah. I mean, did you ever at that stage have a chance to kind of look back and kind of go, I've, we've actually done what a lot, a lot of Irish bands haven't achieved, yeah. especially kind of rock bands? We did. Well, we did. Was there any appreciation of that at the time? Or is it from now that you kind of look back kind of and... Yeah. But basically, now, then, all we wanted to do was still start playing music. But now, looking back, I think, yes, we were blessed. To, to, to I mean, we were really hard driven. Work as well, we were blessed you know? to get where we were because all of us loved music so much, you know. Yeah. And I remember Especially coming out of East Cork, East you know. Basically, well, and then when you think of it. Very unique story. I remember, like, Curb Dog as well were around at the time. There were right, another yeah. band I actually loved as well. So basically, that was... I mean, there were Irish bands there, but uh, I mean... Uh, Cormac I, Battle. Yeah, that's right. So I remember... No, we did... Uh, looking back on it, it was great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so then you went on and formed Human. Yeah. So that was yourself, uh, Kieran, yeah. Christian, uh, James and Kieran, is it? That's it, yeah, yeah. And what did you do then? Did you kind of demo? A we bit? demoed. All we did was demo with Human. We wrote tons of tracks. I remember yeah. that. And just demo and demo and demo. We played a few gigs as well, though. And kind of then was it hard? I suppose the music industry had changed and it had, again, well, it was starting it? to change. And we were like, well, I suppose it's, it ch- started changing in 2002, which mm. when Napster came in first. Correct. Yeah. And then basically it was record labels own fault. Really? I mean, they, nap, they, sh- they should have embraced Napster and not bought it. Like, you know, yeah. because basically ultimately that's what's happened anyway. Like, yeah. But basically what? Lars Ulrich. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, some kind of monster is great, isn't it? Oh, it's one of the best ever. <laughs> How many times can you watch it? I, like, know, yeah, I know. I loved it. So, um, Mako then. And then what happened? We, we were doing, we were starting off again with the human thing and it was starting to do, you know, step up and, and then, 
myself and Christian were just writing it uh, and we decided let's go for this because we, we the first song we'd written was um can't remember, I think it was cr- um Grace and we thought okay there might be something here right so we just started just said we'd do an album because it was like p- long periods where Kiron was producing and uh, where we weren't doing anything so we decided yeah. to do, and then we had the album written in no time we just <laughs> tore into it like and wrote it um, you were living you were back in East Cork yeah I was living in I was living out in, yeah I was living uh, outside Mogili and then basically Christian was in East Ferry so we just we wrote it really fast we went to France to record it Okay, and then mixed it in Germany. Yeah, so basically, um, it was a fast one. Like it was just to see, because uh, you, know. you recorded in France because he was from France. He was from that, that area. To yeah. to the same I was place. like beautiful. Really, <laughs> it's lovely and warm, and it's it's, it's certainly different, like, very different from Mogili. Yeah, definitely. Like. <laughs> uh, so it was beautiful there. So we spent a month there, I think, or something like that. So it's good. And what what were you listening to at the time? I know it's it's kind of a lot more mellower. Yeah, a lot. Well, at the time, then I think we wanted to. I initially I was I was listening to everything. I suppose and I can't. I, I don't think anything really stands out. To be honest, from it was the, certainly different to what you were yeah, used to. We used to definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So out of that, then um, it was it was living living on air. Yeah, that was, was our first one. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so that was two thousand and eleven. Yeah, yeah. And where did the Grammy nomination come out of, or how did you? We just sent this. It was a uh, Veronica from Radioactive. She was our A and R person who signed us the first time. So I got onto her. I okay. sent her the album and then she sent it on to this guy who actually submitted it for the grant you know that's basically so I, I was working with her for a while then as well promoting it and things like that so that all that came about around then through her you know and yeah, so it was did you get a trip out to America f- because no, of it or anything no, like that we didn't I did, we, we were just basically focused on uh, different things were happening then you know what I mean it was it, everything was a slower progression yes, then it wasn't course, the kind yeah. of uh, way we wrote that, released it, then there was houses being built and all this kind okay. of stuff. <laughs> One song I love out of that yeah. album is Lost in Translation. Yeah. How did that come about? That is just... That, 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 that's the track was com- that track was Lost in Translation, basically what it means about... Um, air, d- dissipation of certain structures, basically, mm. in like the band, for instance, was okay. one of them, and relationships and things like that. And uh, it's about that, really. Like, yeah. you know, it's funny, you know, just kind of going back there to Crave, I've noticed some of the titles there. Yeah. You don't mind me saying that. Tales from the Fishbowl, yeah. Weary, yeah. you know, Fallen Wishes, Bulletproof, yeah. Lost Opinion. Were a lot of those um, titles um, in relation to how you were feeling at the time? All, everything would be. Uh, all lyrics are. I think, for me, I think most people, anytime I'm singing, it's just what's in you, even though you don't think about it. It just seems to come out. I yeah. Don't know how it does, but it does whatever situation you're in. And it seems and to be that. I know I'm jumping back to Lost yeah. in Translation. That was with, uh, how would you pronounce his name? Rainy or something. Who? With Medulla. That oh, the new, we've done a new version of yes, it. Yes, right, that's what uh, I'm trying to get to Ro- there. Ro- Ronnie or Ronnie or something. He's, he's, he was brilliant, but I, I'd see, I'd love Medulla. We toured a, a few years ago in brazil all over the country yeah with them i love the really great alternative rock band from there so basically he we decided to do a kind of version with him of that and i think i prefer that version that's, I that's the one my that's, mind. that's yeah it, it's i mean, so I mean the album version it doesn't touch it like it's way better so basically it was that was the idea and then i when he was doing his but i started singing new bits over it as well we okay. recorded that in dublin with trist so it was it was a 
Tris Dalton, a buddy of mine, like, so basically he's, he's a studio up there and then we brought it back and uh, arranged it, Kiron mixed it and then basically... The video it. was, was that in Dublin as well? The with the broken video, I, I'd actually done a video, uh, first of all, with just myself and him and uh, with some of the lads doing bits in it, but then basically they'd suggested we do some footage from Bra- Brazil and from over here, so... It, it was all chopped together but it was cool uh, how was the how, how come all, that, all, all this stuff was done for nothing like it was a different from the days I just did I the video well you still had the experience <laughs> yeah that's you it, know? Yeah. Um, the Brazilian tours how were they coming about was that true Cycle Flies it connections was, or it was, it? it was from um, uh, Living On Air so we the first album I'd given it to two Brazilian guys that, that we that we'd, I'd, I'd known in uh, in Kinmare actually he said yeah, he's setting up an Irish Celtic thing over in in um in Brazil would we be interested and he said I gave him the album he said, I said yeah we'll go so we set that up I helped helped with the graphics for it so we went out there with trad bands and all this kind of stuff and when we were out there Medulla was one of the bands that was meant to be on the bill okay uh, but they didn't play but and there was a, I think it was the, uh, Bipolar Empire were with us as well so basically from Dublin so we went out and I'd Cooked up with Ronnie and we were speaking and then basically I said it'd be great to do a feckin' tour the two of us and the next thing a feckin' the we were back there the year after on tour all over Brazil this time but it was sponsored by Burger King or something <laughs> like that so I mean it was mad it was, it, that was actually bad but it's a it's an interesting collaboration would you think about kind of doing something like that again I'd like to get back out there again it's just the expense and stuff because there's a vibrancy in Brazil like I mean I did a video for our single from our new album first one world satellite and that's from i saw that's this. from i mean that's i used it at the time galaxy s3 phone taking pictures of all and video of all the graffiti and then i used myself and christian in green screen and put us into the graffiti that's basically all, that's I did. But that, all that artwork but some of the artwork is my own but a lot of the artwork is just what we saw it was everywhere like. just taking pictures yeah, of and it just was incredible like uh, yeah that's a, yeah that, that's that actually is on timeless but that um world set a light am yeah. i correct in saying that's an old song no it's actually not it was just so the first single is it life in stereo one of them is yeah. 2016 i think was no it? even no life world set a light we really it was the first one we got mixed <laughs> and then we released it straight away once I did the video. But we, I mean, we didn't have the money to finish the rest of the album. The album wasn't finished. Like, I'm sure there's many in yeah, that position uh, that you just saw. we got it. We thought it would be out sooner, but it, I mean, we eventually got to the end. It's a great single. <laughs> yeah. That's it. But um, so that's where you are at the moment. The album came out when? We released the album. We released it on. We haven't really released it. You can get it on our website. I, I saw it. Yeah, digital we'll download. Pr- we'll probably put it on. On you can get CDs on our on our website and it, and a download, but we're not putting it out officially until the middle of the year, maybe until we get some. Pro- we're trying to promote it at the moment. Okay, on a, on a budget of uh, nothing. On a budget of nothing. So that's basically the album. This, this one did cost a lot to do because it was our, our, we wanted to use good mixers. Kieran done a great job producing with them. We wanted to use good mixers on top of that. Like. So kind of, uh, kind of, I like the fact that Kieran is still involved with yeah. G. I, th- I noticed that he kind of did, a, did yeah. a bit of the music as well. Yeah, he did, yeah. He played on it. He had basically done synths and taken guitar and then basically done a great job producing. And then we used, we got um, Bill Applebury, who has done the, the Cycle Fly album yes, to, to do mixes and I got a favour off him. And then we got um, 
Tim Palmer, who done ten from Pearl Jam to mix to he mixed World Satellite and Life in Stereo, so he got him to mix those. It's fantastic sound out yeah. of it, all right. So basically, that, that, that's what we wanted to do, just kind of do it justice because it's hard. They did, but we wanted. I wanted. I was obsessed with getting it right. You know? Yeah, that's that's all sound wise. Yeah, but at least it's done. And it's um, as you were saying, you have a gig in uh, Ballymaloo. Ballymaloo is the next so one, and then what we're doing is starting to look for gigs only now. Okay. Looking for an agent, start get doing gigs, but purely acoustic in Ireland first you know just I think it works it works better and basically the thing is as well you, c- you can do that you can you can and it, it, it opens more doorways whereas if we go back it's it's harder with rock like, you know, well it's harder with a four or five piece because ultimately everybody so has commitments you know yeah exactly and at our age as well yeah that's it <laughs> still rocking <laughs> so I just want to give a few um shout outs and yeah. also links to Mako DC yeah. which is um there are you're on Facebook, Instagram and yeah. Twitter at Mako Tunes. Yeah. And YouTube is Mako DC, correct? You, YouTube will be yeah if you if you search World Satellite or make search Mako DC it'll just come up. Okay. That's it. Something else that you wanna share with us? Just, just thank you very much. And buy the album. (laughs) Yeah, keep an eye out for it. Yeah, well, the album can be on makeodc.com, makeo-dc.com. The album's there for free streaming. You can stream it for free to listen to it or download it or buy it. So, thanks a million for appearing on the Metal Cell. Pleasure. (laughs) Thank you very much, man. Cheers. Over and out. Thank you. Pleasure. And don't forget to check out the Metal Cell podcast on Facebook and Instagram and email me at the metal cell at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs>